Welcome to 5.0, Fivefold and Beyond with Matt and Amy. This episode, we're glad that you were able to connect and listen with us today. We're going to be talking about pastoral DNA. In other words, what is the pastoral realm made of? And I know, Matt, that you, uh, the last episode, you gave a really good picture that kind of helps us see um, the pastoral as a realm or a place that we can walk into and discover. So let's do it again. Picture for new listeners. So you picture yourself walking in a wilderness, picture an ancient city walled gates. You come up to it and that city's name is the pastoral city. And you walk into the gates and all what rushes into your face is the noise and the smells and the, the nuance and the atmosphere of this particular city. In this case, the pastoral city. You don't know what's in creating those smells. You don't know the businesses that are there. You don't know the families that are there yet. And as you walk through that, you begin to discover and, and, and explore and find things that look and suddenly are new to you and, and you are able to identify things. That's what we're doing as we're going through the fivefold ministry, the gifts, the office. And we'll get to the office in the next episode. But the gifts and the anointings and what's in what we're calling the realm. Realms within the kingdom. The five. Apostolic, prophetic, pastoral, evangelistic, and teacher. And we're starting with the pastoral. So that's where we are in so far. We're coming up to this one and we're going to go into one of these businesses or one of these places that are producing a unique smell. And we're going to find out what traits or elements are in the pastoral realm. And maybe you're thinking, oh, I don't need to listen to this. I can just shut off this episode because I'm not a pastor or I'm not pastoral. But there's such a value in understanding what's in these realms and what characterizes them. Because you, there are, there are times in your life that you're going to need to draw from this realm to grow, to be strengthened. And so it's really important to understand that there's also times you're going to be working alongside of people who are pastoral. And it's important to understand how they tick, what What's their passion? What drives good them? Good point. Good point. Um, because it's different, which brings me to the verse that I want to open this with. And that is in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 to 7. It says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is to give it to each one for the profit of all. So we understand, and I know we say it, but sometimes we don't know what it looks like. They're different. You're different than I am. Matt's different than I am. And it's important. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If we, if we don't understand those differences, conflict comes in. Misunderstanding. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's important to understand where each other's coming from. So that because we, we also have to understand that whatever we're doing, if you're pastoral, if you're prophetic, if you're teacher, it doesn't matter. All of that is to profit the body of Christ. It's not about me or making me look good. It's about the body. And so when I have understanding, then great things can be accomplished. Right. And so so we're not necessarily in this this episode. We are not people don't have to have the position of a pastor. 
Okay, but they can function actively with a pastoral anointing that's on their life. And these people that operate in that, they operate with a delegated authority uh, in various ministry outflows. And we're going to talk about some of those here shortly. And they work in cooperation with the leadership and other team members. It's not all by yourself. So let me give you an example. Um Several years back, as the Lord was bringing us understanding of this and the workings of the fivefold in the church, we de- we decided and we committed to saying that we want these outflows in our church. And so we had to do some reorganization, setting things up. And we started to recognize there were different ones who had different gifts that were pastoral in nature. We had um, someone who was a pastor. Mantle, authority, As far as in anointing. the office of a pastor. And we were in the position of lead pastors of the church, but we had someone who had that anointing, that mantle on them. And so they started to develop a team. They looked for people who had gifts that nurtured, gifts that cared, that wanted to connect with people. And they started to bring those together and into a place that that worked and functioned to meet the needs of the body those pastoral needs. Right. And not all team members need to have the same gifts. They don't all have to look alike. They should, but what they should be doing is complementing each other inside that team. Exactly. If if everyone, for example, if everyone has a, a gift of hospitality, but mm-hmm. no one has the gift of counseling or exhortation, then something's lacking there. Right. So you're you're not looking for people on these teams that have everything, that carry everything, even in the pastoral realm. But that's why we we develop teams, because with teams, then you can draw from the strengths and the gifts of different members and it becomes much more powerful. Mm. So the 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 blessing of having the delegated authority and we talked about the one who's the leader or even one who is the fivefold office, the pastor in the their mantle and authority has to deal with that insecurity so that right away when you deal with that then you're able to uh, invest and raise up others in the pastoral vein to operate in this pastoral city this pastoral realm that we're talking about so you, the amazing thing about having a five-fold church five-fold ministries you have these influences and the fragrances within your local body if you're all just one flavor, you're missing out on all the other com- what the other combination can contribute. And so as we're talking here about the pastoral, we're beginning here and we will be adding others. So but we want to be very significant that those with delegated authority, they operate within the congregational life, the ministries, the function, any greater ministry that are pastoral related. They should be accountable um, and in in with that covering in that leadership, be accountable, be on that team, be part of the team, be teachable, and continue to build relationship in and outside the church. And that's so important because you know sometimes people think, well, I've got a gift, and we know that God gives perfect gifts. And so, you know, I can do this because I've got a gift. I don't need to listen to someone else or I don't need to do it the way you want me to do it. But we have to understand that a gift does not replace the need for training. Ooh. In fact, training actually enhances our gifts. So by training and working together and then having um, good communication on teams, having a, a united purpose, you know, this is why we have this team. At, at our church, we call it the care team. 
That's just what we choose to call it. So that that team, those people are responsible to work together to see that the the health of the body is attended to. Mm-hmm. And that the, the body is cared for. That doesn't mean that anyone else can't love on someone and pray for them, but it just means that we have a delegated people group that's going to reach out that but, are going to do that. Because they're flowing in their strengths and they exactly. have a grace for that. And so back to the training part, it's on the leader, not necessarily the executive leader or senior leader, but the leader that is the, the pastor. Um, with that authority mm-hmm. who's raised up that team it is their responsibility to role model how the realm or how the city we can call it a mayor even make how that will run how efficient it will be um how how to call it out of people's lives how to how to say we well, you have the potential in you to do this and we want to develop that. Are you game for that? And, and, you know, begin to expose people to that, to draw that gift for people with pastoral tendencies to be able to flow freely and see some effect happening among the body of Christ. Exactly. And, you know, that that team approach, which I love, really, uh, again, it makes use of the differences, the different giftings, the different anointings on the team. But it it also just, you know, it, it avoids the Lone Ranger approach. Right. Because everybody can do what they think is right or how they think the approach should be. But to be honest with you, we've had people in our church who take that Lone Ranger ap- approach. And some of them just really become a, a stumbling block or an offense to, to a lot of new believers or people coming in. Because they don't know how to approach in a way that's not going to turn people off or turn people away. Right. And we created a model in such a way that when that happens, it sticks out like a sore thumb. So it's not hidden. It doesn't take too long to be exposed because there's no room for that to be able to grow and to function. So in the pastoral, we've created an environment through training and teaching and role modeling and and going through those things, working it out through trial and error and whatever that manipulation doesn't have a place here um power gameplays and political type gameplays within the church has no room to move there and when it crops up it's like a, such a sour taste and somebody has to handle it and that's for you know the leader yeah. the leader of that team the pa- the pastor the one with the pastor to handle it there first and if they can't then then the executive leaders step in but yeah so so it's kind of exciting doesn't it because it begins to open up a whole avenue of every joint supplies here and 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 realizing what is in people and the anointing see anointing has to flow anointing we just don't say uh okay this is my anointing and this is how it is and it's like this all the time the anointings ebb and flow and they flow i believe when opportunity is presented and there is a safe environment and a proper environment safeguard set in place but not a controlling environment um creativity can can be applied and when that happens the anointing just seems to increase in potency and i find that pastoral type anointings upon gifts that are pastoral in nature we call it the grace when it is applied. That grace comes out is just as powerful as someone in the prophetic who's giving you a word and they never met you before. See, we seem to elevate some due to the level of mystery. Oh, and yeah. the anointing doesn't work that way. The anointing, if it's working, if that anointing, I'm saying it, it's not an it, but the anointing is flowing in someone in the pastoral gift efficiently they are at the height they are right in the spirit where they need to be because it's benefiting 
the body of Christ, that local body that or business or whatever it's flowing through, you know, there's so many avenues. Well, the principle we're talking about can be applied in, in so many areas. I mean, that's pretty powerful. And that's why Paul says, don't judge yourself among yourself. That's like, that's what fools do. Yeah. And so definitely you see, you know, the, the purpose and the value of bringing a group of people together and then having that common purpose. Because if, if you, let's say one day you woke up and one leg wanted to go in one direction and the other leg wanted to go into another direction, there was uh, that conflict all day long. It's called with doing which the direction splits. your legs wanted to go. Yeah, you'd be doing the splits all day long. Oh, and you'd never really churches. go anywhere. Yeah. Oh. And so to have the team approach is just so powerful because much more gets accomplished. There's much greater impact because of that unity of purpose and direction for the group, for the team. So, so what, Amy, maybe some like ministry outflows, because ministry simply is this. It's, it's the Spirit of the Lord in you flowing out of you through your gifts, your mantle, your anointings, your calling, and flowing in, in, in touching people's lives. So we're going to call it ministry out outflows so what ministry outflows probably that we're more familiar with even in traditional structured churches um maybe they can get a feel for this as well what 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 are some of those things that we see yeah let's let's go into some of the shops of the city (laughs) let's look at them let's do it okay what about um uh prayer teams let's just start with prayer oh that's a big one because praying for people um is so important in the care of of a local body but Let's clarify here for a second the difference between a prayer team and a prophetic intercessory team, because we had something oh. like that happen at our church. Yes. You want to share that story? I was just going to say, no, the prayer warrior versus the, interse- the uh, prophetic yeah. intercessor. There is a difference. Yep. Go ahead. Well, we, we had uh, a prayer team that we had instituted. A team, yeah. And was- at the time, it was it kind of fell more under the prophetic realm. Um, and I know we'll talk more about that when we get there. But To the prophet, um, prophetic city. But this this team was really growing and developing that we actually had someone with a mantle of a prophet, uh, you know, the office that was leading the group. And, you know, you know how prophets are. I love prophets, the passion that gets in them to just do prophetic acts. And they would go and they would place stones around the the region. They would pray. They would declare. They would blow the shofar. Yeah. And uh, some people were having a hard time with this because they just wanted to spend more time praying for, you know, Sister Beulah, who had came cancer or you know uh, uncle, uncle uh, lewis and his uh, uh boils yeah and or you know <laughs> that's or you know nancy's kids who were I was away gonna say from ingrown the toenail and those things are just as valid as the prophetic correct, acts correct and there started to be conflict, conflict among the team confusion. because the the prayer warriors were like well we're not spending enough time praying for these needs and and the prophetic intercessors were saying well you guys don't have the vision and uh, all this stuff and and it wasn't that either one were wrong no it's, it's that they had a different drive and a different passion. And that was kind of eye-opening for us because we're like, okay, wait a minute. This, the the praying for the needs of the congregation is pastoral. And they're, they're being driven by that compassion in their heart. And the, the other is acts of prophetic acts that they're speaking into things that aren't visible and uh, they're being driven by that in their heart. And so we had to divide the team, not split it in a bad way, but we had to bring those, you know, onto the prayer chain that wanted to pray for the needs of the church and then have the prophetic intercessors um, operate differently. Right. And so our head prophet that was over top of the 
over the, over that covering over that delegated the request knowing which one was prophetic in nature and which one wouldn't be a stumbling block uh and would be the stumbling block to the prayer warriors and gave them to the intercessor team. And then the other things that, that turned the crank of the prayer warriors, you know, uh, taking on principalities. They, and... No, the prayer warriors, <laughs> they sent uncle Lou's and right, all those, those stuff ones. to them. And they just had a blast with that because they're not feeling like they were less spiritual or they're just not grasping it because they were not prophetic in nature, even though they're spirit filled, they weren't prophetic in nature. And some of the things, as you said, was just, it just didn't turn their boat and it was just like again frustrating and it wasn't because they didn't want to grow because we tried they tried for a long time and once that happened and set in place wow that element of the pastoral just began to flow greatly and and we saw many people getting healed and yeah. all kinds of things needs being touched through prayer so that's just, that's coming. just an example of outflow example. and helping people to find their place so they understand that the the passion in my heart is okay and i can operate this way mm -hmm. some other outflows visitation you know this is something that's typically delegated by traditional in traditional circles to the pastor to the or lead, the lead, leader lead of pastor. the church yeah. they've mm -mm. got to do delegate they've got to do visitation well you can yeah. one person can only do so much so when you've got teams that go out there people there are people who love sitting at the, the bedside of someone who's sick who love making soup for them who love praying for the sick uh, you know, let's use them. There are people, we had some in our church who loved hospice ministry, people who are at the end of their lives. And so these are great people to activate in visitations and prayers and, and things like that. In order to multiply and put into place this apostolic model that we're talking about, the fivefold model, uh, you know, I had to make a decision early on that either I'm going to be waiting on tables and widows and all that, or we're going to raise up and multiply. You know, and we've seen that in the book of Acts. And so I had to and I had to bring understanding through teaching and instruction before you make changes. Mm -hmm. Leader, always teach and instruct. Sit with your core people, your leaders, get them on the page of understanding and then start bringing it to your ministry leaders and then to the congregation. And so I, I would not be doing hospital visitation every time somebody was in there uh, because I couldn't run in there. Upon request, I do it. But uh, that doesn't mean that someone's not visiting them. No, it's just not we you. implement uh, right. a team who that was, oh, they just felt so fulfilled when they left because they, they knew they touched a life and they were able to pray with them. And suddenly they were witnessing to someone in another bed. And you know how all that yeah. goes, if any of you are familiar with that type of ministry. And they thrived in that. And then I was able to be released and I thrived in what I was called to do, you know, in orchestrating and putting this grander picture together. It's wonderful when that happens. Let mm -hmm. me just list out a it's few liberating. others. I, I don't want to spend a lot of time, but we really wanted to bring about some good points with okay. those. You've got people who have card ministries, you know, send out cards to people who haven't been in church, people who are sick, send out birthday cards. Um, you've got uh, hospitality ministries. Yeah, hospitalities uh, that, that set up corporate fellowship events. Greeters and ushers are part of that pastoral cog in a, in a congregation. Yeah, the connections realm. ministries. Uh, what about small groups? Let's talk about small groups for a minute. Um, a lot of life groups, it depends on the function of the particular group, but you got like women's groups, men's groups, um, youth groups, 
You look at like life groups um, that meet at individual homes. Singles groups. Yeah, uh, a lot of those are very pastoral in their mission. So yes. you look at the heart of the group. What is the the vision uh, or the direction of that group? Is it pastoral in nature? Then it's important to have people who have gifts and callings in this area to be able to function and flow in those groups. So from the larger vision, I just got to inter here. So from the larger vision, if you're implementing life cell groups and those type of things, but they're very pastoral in nature, but as a whole, as a congregation, you are trying to take your church more into evangelistic place or you're moving more in an apostolic or a prophetic thing. You're trying to grow the church in that way. And your small groups are fulfilling a need, but don't look to them to change that direction and fulfill that. You're going to have to implement a small group that will be feeding into what you want to do with the grander growth of of your church and ministry or organization. Exactly. Or business, same thing, whatever you want to do. The last thing I want to touch here before we close, um, we've talked about kind of different ministries. There are other ministries. Oh, we can go on and on for a while. Yeah, look at and find some other ministries. But I do want to talk about some specific gifts that the Bible mentions, gifts of the Spirit that often people who flow and operate in the pastoral will have. Again, not they won't have every one, but you'll see these different gifts and elements in operation. For example, those who have a gift of exhortation or counseling, um, that which is essentially exhortation one-on-one. Uh, that is a, a powerful gift, also needs uh, to be accompanied with some good training if you're going to release people in counseling. But that's something that people can just walk people through their problems, through their crisis, help them uh, be led towards the Lord and his choices for their life. Um, you see also people with gifts of helps, um, that operate well in this area, gifts of service, um, gifts of administration to be able to organize and set up Sunday school programs or to organize fellowship dinners. Uh, that's really important. You see also people with a gift of mercy here. They really have a great ability to be compassionate, to have empathy, empathy. and not like mm-hmm. a pity party, no. but true mercy that they can sit there and weep with someone who's weeping. Um So these compassion gifts are important. Hospitality gifts, people who just have a way of making people feel welcome, whether it's at church, uh, that's a great person to have in the greeter position, someone who who can be hospitable Mm -hmm. or someone who's hosting a small group at their house, uh, maybe who hosts special speakers. So all of these gifts and there are others, too. Uh, A lot of gifts can overlap. But um, just to give you a picture of what might be here, some of the smells and the fragrance fragrances in the pastoral realm. So let's leave you with a couple of um, takeaways here. First one I want to talk about is I challenge you this week, start looking around you, look at your church, look at the people around you and challenge yourself to identify some of these pastoral elements, people who carry this anointing, different um, groups in your church or functions in your church that operate with a pastoral um, anointing or a pastoral function. And um, just start looking around and seeing what's there. Second thing to think about uh, call to action is if you have gifts that are pastoral in nature, like we've been discussing recently, then be open to training and uh, grow in your gifts. Don't be so comfortable. I've been 20 years doing grow in your gifts, get them fresh, new edge put on them. If any of you used chainsaw or a knife, you got to sharpen it after you use it for a while to be 
effective. It's the same way in the spirit. Find a team to operate in and to flow in. Um, you know, if you're a glory hunter, you're going to look for the wrong team. Uh, you, you think you are what you aren't and you get into it, you're going to be frustrated. So find the right team and uh, just submit yourself and let yourself be uh, teachable. And what's going to happen is you are going to have be giving or delivering maximum edification to those around you and who you touch. This is awesome, guys. Yes. And, you know, because it's not just about being busy. It's not about running around doing stuff, doing stuff. It is about true ministry outflow, accomplishing the heart of the Father and through the pastoral realm. Thank you for joining us. Be blessed. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform, podcast platform, and feel free to share this broadcast. See you later.